We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, Snookons. Come here. Yes, we hear you. <laughs> yeah. What's your deal? Welcome to, to the, the Holy Hour. Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. I feel like our, our intro to me is like how fart jokes are to you. Like, I can't <laughs> help but laugh. It's like giggling in church. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we have to be serious yeah, for a like, second. can't do it. <laughs> giggling in church. That's on theme. Before you came over, I was working out. Obviously, I went to one of my workout classes. And <laughs> there was one guy in the class. And... My, I have a, a pet peeve where, like, I just hate hearing men at the gym. Yeah. And they're like, ugh! Yeah. Ugh! Ugh! And he, it sounded like he was in labor. Mm-hmm. And he did it for almost the entire class, and he was right next to me, and I was like, this is... He wants to be perceived. So annoying. <laughs> I'm like, do they know that they're doing it? Oh, my God, of course. Ugh! It's like I understand like you're lifting heavy, but like not everybody needs to hear it. Like, and also, I'm like, like I'm, I'm going all out. I'm going balls to the wall, and you don't hear me, right? We're gonna get so many about emails it. from weightlifters that are like, "You don't. It really helps." Sure, doesn't mean that we don't want to hear it. It doesn't mean that we want to hear it. Like I, if I, I get make so any, if I make any noise, it's me whispering, "Fuck, <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ." <laughs> I would love to hear that from men at the gym. It's so different from the grunts. The grunts are really... It's like, God, I hate this, but I like how I look. You know what I think it is about the grunting at the gym, though, is that it's paired with so many other, like, peacocking behaviors. Like, the, like, checking yourself out in the mirror and, like, obviously trying to lift heavier than the guy next to you. Not every guy at the gym does this. This guy's very nice. I feel like he was not aware of how much noise he was making see that that's different yeah but it still pissed me the fuck off yeah yeah <laughs> just like especially when you're trying to like focus and be present in the workout and it's like that's the shit that really got to me settle down before i started adderall if there was anybody around me like if somebody was like tapping their foot across the office i was like get me the fuck out of here like i couldn't i couldn't think about anything else so i feel like with like people grunting in the gym it would really 
I ha- throw me way off. This is why I usually wear headphones if it's like an open mm-hmm. jam situation. Mm-hmm. But like the music was blasting and he was still like giving birth to his muscle baby. Ugh. <laughs> it's like, please stop. Congratulations on your muscle baby, muscle man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you two are very happy. <laughs> what should he name his muscle baby? Thor. Baby Thor. There are people that name their kids Thor. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> That's a hate crime. I don't know how, but it's a hey, little baby Thor. It's oh my a god, crime against humanity. If anybody introduced their baby to me and it was Thor, this is baby Thor. Like, um, I lost a bet with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only reason that Thor. I could think of anybody naming their child. Thor. I will like, say Thor is a pretty great character in the Avengers, but but a baby. Just name him Chris. Yeah, Chris. Name yeah, him Chris pay, Hemsworth. Pay homage that way. Yeah. Name it Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, and then whatever your last name is. <laughs> His first name is Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, and it's not C H. We're no. calling him Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. And if anybody tries to call him Chris, no. Chris Hemsworth Samson. <laughs> Wait, but you should marry Chris Hemsworth. So Chris then, Hemsworth Hemsworth? <laughs> give him the longest name ever. Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth the second. Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth, yeah. Or would it be Chris Hemsworth the second Hemsworth? <laughs> Samson. The second. Samson. <laughs> the first. I'll throw the first at the end of his name just to, just to really fuck with him. Put my name somewhere in there. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, Elizabeth the first. <laughs> Hemsworth. Name Elizabeth his name. <laughs> Hemsworth Samson. The first. <laughs> and hopefully the, the last. The, fir- the first is in there twice. <laughs> yeah. Chris Hemsworth the first, Elizabeth Hemsworth, Samson the first. <laughs> PhD, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll, he'll write a book, <laughs> my antagonizing parents. <laughs> we have to we have to really haze them like straight out of the womb, or they're never gonna learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I saw I saw an "Am I the Asshole" story a long time ago about this this man's sister was going to name their unborn son Hitler. Because they knew he would have to overcome challenges with that name and, like, stigmas. As if the world isn't going to challenge this poor child enough. And I, I was just like, it's not your job to, like, make sure your child grows up with adversity. Like, not even Adolf. <laughs> like, you're going to give him the last Oh, wait, name? no, maybe it was Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> that's still, sh- that's still <laughs> shitty. That is still horrible. Yeah, okay, it was Adolf. Sorry. I wonder if anybody's named their kid Adolf since Hitler. I'm sure that Maybe. I'm sure that there are Adolfs like roaming the world. Yeah. That's awful. Adolf. But yeah, so that, that was her intention. And I was just like, okay, I get it. You want your kid to be understanding of what like prejudice is, but like you can teach them. I was that. just about to say you don't have to teach, teach them. them through a lesson, like of their own personal experience right yeah she's like oh i'm going to be raising a white man and i want him to have a hard time i i don't know i had a teacher it's like you can just raise him to be a good person <laughs> right 
Yeah, I'm not named Adolf, and I I can empathize with people. Yeah, you don't exactly. need the name Adolf. <laughs> it can be done. I had a teacher in high school who had a niece who was blonde hair, blue eyes, and they named her Arian. Like, what? Yeah, like the like Hitler dream why? Arian. Is that why? Well, she was blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm like, why? Look, Arian is a that that is that's not even a name. Were <laughs> were, were they white supremacists? Perhaps. Arian, like, there's not there's no bouncing back from that. I feel like you have to go by like Ari or something. Yeah. Or just like liberate yourself, move out of the house at 14, and change your name. <laughs> Arian. Anyway, I'm like really hyper aware of like scarring my children with mm-hmm. whatever name I give them because kids are so mean like even the name I've had some friends come up with like very normal names like Olivia and then be like well I don't want them to be called Olive I don't want people to call them Olive I'm like I think Olive's a cute name but, but also, people are why would they call them that I don't, I don't know. know I don't know but people are always like well I have to think about like every angle of this like does the name rhyme with something that they can get tormented about did, did anyone ever make fun of your name? People call... I was a little, um, what I would say, big boned in middle school. And people would call me Hamelia, like Ham. That's so mean. That was a good one. Um, people were always calling me Amelia Bedelia, like it was like an insult. I'm like, I don't fucking... Those books rock. Yeah, they're the best books. She was a she was a boss. I don't mm-hmm. say what you what you will about Amelia Bedelia. And but you know was, what? That book exclo- it it exposes a lot of classism mm-hmm, problems. Mm-hmm. So fuck you. We were learning about classism at a young age. Yeah, <laughs> go fuck yourself. I'm thinking of like there's probably other names that kids would call me, but Amelia Hamelia was like the number one. What, what about you? I mean, my last name's Ball, so. Oh. <laughs> what would people say? Elizabeth Balls. Liz Balls. Um, just things along those lines. Someone once said, Elizabeth, like, they're like, ball, like bald. And then the older you get, they're like, balls, ball sack. My brother had it the worst because he's Zach Ball. Ball Zach. Ball Zach. And then oh no, it's just balls with a Z. If he has a, his last name first initial, oh, my God. Um, and my parents always joke that they were gonna name me Crystal. My name would be Crystal Ball. But uh, by the time I was like in eighth grade or something, when people would be like, <laughs> like balls, <laughs> I was like, wow, I've never heard that. <laughs> You're so funny. Wow, how'd you come up with that? Yeah, I wish that was as clever as you. And then, the uh, kids are so fucking mean. That's how Liz Ball so hard came to be. <laughs> you really embraced it. Mm-hmm. And I really love it. I went Liz Balls to the wall. Hell yeah, you did. All now, the way Liz Now Balls I can't imagine myself with a different last name. You I don't even think of your last name as something like Balls. Like, I never just, like, I didn't even, like, think about that when I asked you. You're an adult. Yeah, but, like, I'm also not. Like, I'm a child. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I feel like I would have. Liz yeah, Ball. I'm, I'm Liz Ball. Kids are just so, so mean. They're I still rude as fuck. If I pass a group of kids, like, the bullied child in me, I'm 27 years old. If I pass a group of, like, 12-year-old girls, I'm like, 
and then they're gonna judge me <laughs> be cool am i walking normal don't make eye contact don't look like you care like i'm still so i'm kids scare the, the hell out of me <laughs> run around a corner and start crying when they're out of the sight like, oh, it's traumatizing <laughs> Call Liz. Liz. This group of 12-year-old girls walked by me and did a once-over of my outfit. I'm twice their age. I knew they were whispering about me. I know that they were. They were whispering about my straight leg jeans. Why don't they want to be my friend? Now I'm like super aware of being on TikTok with all the youths. So I'm like, I'm so uncool. I don't know what anything means anymore. I still don't know what a lot of stuff means. No cap, no uh, clue. I okay. I realized I got to a point. I realized this this weekend. There was something that I was out of the loop on that I just did not understand. Oh, someone! I kept seeing mids. People kept saying like, "This is mid." Blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't know what that means, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to learn what it means. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let the kids be kids because I'm almost 30, so yeah. I don't give a fuck what the youths are saying No, Somebody <laughs> with their slang. Six foot I'm happy seven for them. used mid all the time with me, so I, I'm starting to realize. Well, he is an act. He behaves like a child, so he, that makes sense. He does, but, and also, I've heard a lot recently about how all of these, like, TikTok trends and, like, all these sayings that kids are using are rooted in black culture. Yeah. Like, the like ice in my veins thing that kids mm-hmm. are doing. I don't. I didn't understand that until I saw that TikTok you're talking about right now. Yeah. Where he, like he was explaining, um, uh, what, what is it? AAV. Yeah, it's like the the yeah, um, African African American vernacular English, mm-hmm. and how like it becomes appropriated. Mm-hmm. It's like a cool culture moment. Yeah. So that was a lot to, I thought that was really interesting to learn about. Yeah. Because sometimes you just don't know. Right. You just see it like. Blow like, up. Oh, and like, you- yeah. You're like, oh, that's funny. And I get it. Right. Yeah. No, I'm going to use it. Because I'm in the loop. Yeah. I am cool like the kids. <laughs> Me, a white woman. Me. Wow. Approaching her 30s. I am so cool. hip and in the loop. Ice in my veins. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> Took my cap you, off. I think you explained no cap to me. I still don't really understand it. I explained it. it and I still don't really understand and it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's what. That's when I came to the conclusion. I was like, you know what? I don't really care that I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to let the kids be kids. Yeah. I just feel... So uncool. And, like, I really have always felt very uncool (laughs) when I was a kid that should have been. Thanks, Liz. I think you're pretty cool, too. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for accepting me. (laughs) I do go through those little phases, like, a couple times a week where I'm like, God, I'm actually, like, probably really bad at my job and no one likes me. And um, it doesn't matter if I find a new job because if I don't, I'll get fired anyway. (laughs) That's an anxiety disorder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is. Fun. <laughs> and then I, and then I tell my boyfriend, I'm like, hey, um, my anxiety goose is telling me that no one likes me and I'm bad at my job. <laughs> the anxiety goose. I love it so much. And then he's like, you know that's not true. <laughs> yes, 
Yes, thank you. You're right. I just need to hear you say that that's the case. Wait, I have another bit to go on a rant about. Um, So my other bit is um, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I fucking hate adults who don't drink water. I'm like, I don't like water. I don't like how it tastes. Like, uh, yeah, that's the difference. You are a grown adult. It's water. Uh-huh. It, like, I... Yeah, I had a roommate in college that didn't like how water like tasted, water. and she was so annoyed It doesn't taste it. like anything. No, it doesn't. And stop being a fucking baby about it. It's what's annoys what annoys me about those people is that they're being like so unique in not liking water. That that's the thing <laughs> when people like water. when people are just like I'm a little baby. I don't like water. Yeah, <laughs> you have to give me Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, can I put the Mio in the water? I don't want it otherwise. Like it's just like it's to be the point when people don't like something just to be like a contrarian. Mm-hmm. What a weird thing to be a contrarian about water. Yeah, I'll be a contrarian and about you anything. Know it's purposeful. Yeah. Your, your body actually needs this. Mm-hmm. Just fucking drink the water. Nobody you know what? gives go a fuck. Go outside. Go for a little run. And then you'll be very thirsty. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit an ice cold glass of water after a brisk walk, it is like an orgasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I truly believe if anybody feels the need to let you know that they don't like something that everybody likes or needs it's just for attention yeah it's like who who gives a fuck it's like oh believe it or not i don't like game of thrones it's like okay you and a lot of other people like just you not liking it doesn't make you unique (laughs) um i'm special i don't like game of thrones yes (laughs) i've like never seen an episode of friends like okay a lot of people haven't shut up just because it's like a cultural moment doesn't mean like anything about like me and my david dobrik videos (laughs) Except I've actually, you, it's good that you don't like me. I, I don't like friends. I don't know. A lot of people don't. Yeah. It is. And I'm, I, the thing is, is I don't go marching around. I, I mean, I said it right now because we're talking about the right. friends. But, but you're not like, I have something to say. Fuck excuse friends. me. Um, I know you guys are all talking about friends. I hate that. Mm-hmm. That's another pet peeve. I, I don't like when people are like, you're like talking about something that you liked or enjoyed and someone's like, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that thing that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well you don't have to fucking. Don't contribute to the conversation then. Damn. Yeah. Take a coloring book and sit in the corner. Ugh. I don't care what you do. Just don't, just shut up. Oh, I hate it's coconut flavored things. So... Okay. Well, good thing that it's mine and not yours. I don't Yeah. Know. Right. You just try to start conversation. I'd prefer if you did it. Uh, do you want a high five? I regret or? you being here. <laughs> you friendship revoked <laughs> no you just go I up to them presence. you go up to them and you're like who do you know here <laughs> it's like what we've been friends for like 10 years <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck liz you invited me <laughs> yeah Okay, I know you have some things you need to discuss, and I'm excited to hear about them. Oh my god, I don't even know where to begin. Well, something that wasn't on the list that I prepped you with is I have a date tomorrow. (gasps) You Mm -hmm. have a date? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a guy that I knew in college. Okay, is this the guy you sent me a screenshot of? Yes. Today. Today. I feel like he had a hat in his picture. No. Like something, something, this guy. What is it? Now I need to look at what you sent me. Oh, I sent you a picture of a cat. Was that the one? Maybe. I sent you a picture. He's the one that like lost all the weight. I, I know you've sent me a picture of the guy that you 
from college. Uh, we text a lot, I'm realizing. Yeah, we really do. Oh, okay, yeah. Also, I matched with this guy on Hinge. And then, yeah, that's the cat. Oh, yeah. This is actually a story I want to tell on the pod. Yeah. So stop That's a there. different story. Oh. That's actually not really a story, but it's just like me being a creep and I wanted to talk about it. But oh. um, So, this guy tomorrow is like so... I've always thought he's cute. And he was in a long-term relationship in college. He got engaged after college. They called off the engagement. He like got his mental health in check, lost all this weight. And he's just like the nicest person I've ever talked to. Love to see it. But he is like saccharine. Like I think it's like a little, he's so nice that it's like, I, it'll be interesting to see if he's that nice in person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being nice, but I, whenever I haven't really like seen someone in a long time and they're like way over the top nice, I think I've just talked to so many guys and then when I meet them in person, I'm like, you are nothing like you were on text. They're like douchey. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you do have that experience. All the time. I was telling my boyfriend that like the guys you date remind me of Jeremy from Broad City. And I know you haven't seen that show. This is like the kind of guy that Emilio ends up going on dates with. Like they seem great initially and then they do like they just like are always the fucking victim yep. and like somehow like flip the flip the scenario mm-hmm. and they're not empathetic or understanding at all but then they put it on the other person yes it's really weird yeah <laughs> but then they're like trying to be woke about it mm-hmm. that was like the guy that fucking shamed me for not wanting he thought that me not wanting to have unprotected sex with him after he told me that he has herpes was me stigmatizing herpes but then and then he had the audacity to be like, I have herpes, but like didn't go get tested or anything. Yeah, but made he it didn't my get tested, problem. Didn't get, do any of his own research. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And this is why when men are so kind and like understanding with me, I'm like, yeah, what's up? Or something. What? <laughs> hey, hey, I've been with my boyfriend for like eight months and he has been nothing but great and supportive. I know. He gives me hope. <laughs> and... <laughs> I still am like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, because we've been, it's been proven to mean? both of us over you, and over and over again that that's mean? not My how guys are. are valid. Right. <laughs> yes. Come here. So whenever any guy, like the guy that I'm going out with tomorrow is like so nice and like I've been so distant because I, I, <laughs> you're being held, dude. I talk to you. I talk to my mom and I talk to Katie. That's basically the only three people that I text. I hate texting. So like he'll text me and I won't answer for like five days. And so the other day I was like, I'm so sorry. It's not you. I like cannot get back to anyone. He wasn't like, he like responded right away. Usually guys will be like, I'm also going to not respond for a few hours. You know? Yeah. And he was like, completely understand. I can see how busy you are. Like it's very, it's really okay. Like just let me know when you're free. I was, that made me want to hang out with him. I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, so and he lives near me, so we're just like going like two minutes from my house, which is really nice. I'm just I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, and it's a little fresh because I already know him. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Does he know about the podcast? He must, because he has me on social media. So yeah. like, and I talk about it so much. So I he wonder must. if he's listened to it. Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. 
It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I guess we'll see. We'll have some updates. He has such a happy smile. Like, he just seems like such a good dude. I'm, I'm excited to see him. Um, but so this guy that... So I sent Liz a picture of this cat today that's fucking beautiful. But the reason that I sent it to her cat. was because the cat was beautiful. It was from the Instagram of a guy that I met on Hinge. But there's a bit of a story because... Anybody that follows me on TikTok that's listening knows that I have been in this ongoing battle with Raya. They (laughs) will not accept me. But one of my best friends, Demeter, got on Raya in literally two hours, which um, still pains me to my core. He's... That is sexist. Yeah. Well, he's like very convinced that it's a pyramid scheme, which is a whole other thing. Hmm. Um, But he... I wanted to see it. I was like, oh my God, you're on Raya. Like, let me see it. So I was like scrolling through the app. And the cool thing about Raya. I looked at, I looked at his also. Yeah? Yeah. Well, on Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> That's so I was funny. like, wait, can I see what it looks like? <laughs> because with Raya, you can see everyone. Every, exactly. So that's so I was looking at it and I could see yeah. all the guys in the area. Well, and then like even looking at the women, I was like, is this a scam? Yeah. Because they just like, their job is not. Yes. It's like, they don't have one. They're like marketing, Or it's like, like something like very made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even like a marketing coordinator. It'll be like something like aesthetic curator. Oh, yeah. But there will be people that have the same job as me. I'm like, Fragrance, what do I need to do? Fragrance uh, specialist. I don't know. <laughs> um, celebrity fragrance. Smeller. <laughs> Sommelier. Yeah. It's a very, it's a strange app, but it's beautiful. I was going, so I was going through it and I was looking at the guys in the area and this guy popped up and I was like, I'm in love with him. He was just gorgeous and attainable. He didn't have like a like celeb job. So I followed him on Instagram. He was a a celebrity perfume sommelier. No, no. I did follow that guy though. (laughs) He was, I think he's in marketing somewhere, but I followed him. He never we're followed me back. We're all marketing somewhere. <laughs> so true. We're all marketing ourselves at the end of the day. If we're on dating apps, we're all in marketing. True. We're all marketing ourselves all the time. It's deep as fuck. Even in our dreams. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> my Brain. Brain <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so he never followed me back because of course he didn't. Um, cause who the fuck is this person? Don't mind me. I just found you on Raya, which I don't have an account on. Like, how am I going to explain that? <laughs> explain that. So I ended up matching with him on hinge. Nice. Like six months later. And I'm the biggest idiot in the world. And I was like, I saw you on Raya and followed <laughs> you on Instagram. And he was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't see you on there. And I was like, it, it, weird. It's, it's weird but I was like oh strange I don't know I don't know how the app works blah, blah. I'm not on Raya anymore I deleted it I'm such a fucking idiot and then that same day I posted a video about how Raya won't accept me and he liked it immediately and now I have not heard from him <laughs> he's like this bitch is crazy like, wow, she is a... So I need to tone it down on the stock. Sugar daddy chaser. Oh, for sure. I'll ch- well, He's really gorgeous, I mean, though. this reminds me of that time that you went to great lengths to find the guy on Hot Dudes Reading. And you almost told him. And I was like, do not do that. That was before you and I really knew each other. You're like, don't. Yeah, because everyone was like, yeah, like, take a risk. And I was like... Every single person. Your friends are bad friends. <laughs> Don't do that. 
You're like, I'm going to be honest. Don't. I like sent Liz the, the text that I was wanting to send this guy that I had gone to great lengths to stalk and find. I wrote out this text that took me like three days to type. I was like convinced this man was my soulmate. It was, if you want to hear, I think it was episode two we talked, it's Texas. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, I talked in great lengths about Texas, who, by the way, ended up listening to the episode, which is on our first episode of the New Testament. (laughs) But he still (laughs) talked to you after, so it was fine. He did, and now he does not anymore. But he moved. R.I.P. He He moved, and we we knew it wasn't going to happen. God, it's it's just so hot. He's probably not listening now, so I'll just say he was kind of boring. He was kind of boring. He was great until I FaceTimed him and I was like, there's no, we just weren't yeah. compatible. Yeah. Did not communicate the same way, but I would let him blow my back out in a fucking <laughs> heartbeat. That man is so hot. So I sent out, I sent Liz this text that I had been expertly crafting and I was like, Liz is going to be my final line of defense because I trust her judgment. And she texted me back literally right away and was like, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Do not send this. Well, because I was thinking from my perspective, like if a guy said that to me, I'd be like, are you going to murder me? Right. And it's different, I think, the other way around. Yeah. You know, yeah, and my know dad said the same thing. He was like, if a woman, if I was his age and a woman said this to me, I would be flattered. And and then I thought about it from my perspective. I was like, I would be scared. And you said the same thing. So I was like, I don't know. I, I just, but anyway, he listened to the episode. If, and if I don't want to receive it, I'm not going to put it out there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good call, rule of thumb. Call me boring. That's what they call me, boring Liz. I think that's the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. The platinum rule is to treat others the way they want to be treated. (gasps) In that circumstance, you don't really know that, though. No. Like, you wouldn't know. I've never heard the platinum rule. I like that. I learned that working at Abercrombie in my training manual. It's like, we all know the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. But the platinum rule is to treat others the way they want to be treated. Because some people want you to... Talk quietly to them one-on-one. And some people want to go to a fucking party with you Mm -hmm. and have a good time. It's, everyone's different. I think people ignore all of those rules too much of the time. Yeah. That's because people are only thinking about themselves. But, like. Bitches. (laughs) I mean. All of them. That's how you're going to survive, you know. If you're considering everyone else all the time life's about balance baby but like there's not a whole lot of people in my circle you know what I mean and like Mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of people in a lot of people's circles so I feel like it just doesn't take that much effort just to be kind that's I'm just kidding yeah or to just be like how are you right (laughs) what do you need from me that's my favorite question to get what do you need from me I love getting that question because at the end of the day we are communal creatures Mm -hmm. like we like our biology is to exist in a community and there are people that are always like, I'm just looking out for number. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm just like, D- be nice at least, at the very least. Yeah. It's just wild to me that some people are so awful and to themselves constantly. And I mean, like, there's there's exceptions where they're, like, depressed or, like, going through something. And I'm not talking about that. But people yeah. that are just like, I don't really give a fuck about anyone. It's like, yes, you do. You must. Because... Our intuition is to be in a community. Like, right now, I'm thinking about the most inconsiderate person I've ever met, and she seemed, like, clueless about how inconsiderate she was. That's I, so that's confusing to me. We did not get along at all. Yeah, I believe it. Me and my group of friends did not like her or her group of friends. Mm-hmm. But we tolerated each other. You can politely tolerate each other. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be a big deal. Right, keep them at arm's length. But I will disclose right now. I did not like her, mm. and I probably wouldn't still like her. It's on the record. <laughs> yeah. She's probably listening like, I bet that's about me. 
No, <laughs> I'm inconsiderate as fuck. <laughs> That's me. I'm That's inconsiderate. I, I, yeah. The I only thing I know about myself is I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must so be me. One truth that I hold <laughs> close to my heart. Okay, so we're finally getting around to some DMs <laughs> from folks. Thank you for being patient with us. Um, okay, so this one, I'm going to read I'm gonna read it out. What is this? Um, first off, I'm going to say that I've listened to you guys so much this week that my inner monologue now has Amelia's voice, and I use Liz, Liz's speech patterns when I talk. I'm interested to hear what my speech patterns are. <laughs> that sounds like the best combo. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a Liz-Amelia monster in your head. Uh, but I wanted to ask about sex positions. Like, what are your favorites? What feels best? Ooh. And do you have a go-to position for the first time you hook up with someone? Also, what the fuck is up with really old men thinking they have to explain your own period to you? My uncle literally tried to tell me I didn't need pads on our drive from Iowa to Texas because I don't bleed in the car. Anyways, that's what I wanted to ask, Elameo. Love you guys so much. Well, we love you. Love you so much. For writing in. I wish you could see my face hearing about your uncle talking also, about your period. it's just like, <laughs> what? I have no words. I would... L- just hold it in the entire drive. Yeah, can you just clench? I just... That reminds me... I don't know. Like... I hate how some dudes are like uh, won't acknowledge any of anything about vaginas unless they're having sex with it. Yeah, and then at that like yeah. they do other things and they're part of my body. It's part of me. Uh huh. It's not like its own thing. Uh huh. <laughs> and also, women have been having periods forever. So grow the fuck up. Anyways. That's so strange. I'm just trying to think. I'm thinking has... Thanks, weird Uncle Jerry. (laughs) I don't think a grown man has ever talked to me about my period. Really? Because it's weird. It's very infantilizing for an old man to be like, I know more about your period than you do. Have you gotten a period yet? I am 27 years old. I have indeed. I don't think any grown man's ever talked to me about my period. They probably know, except for my gynecologist. I don't really think that they should. No. They shouldn't. That's, That's... to be like, I, I know more about your period than you do. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, fucking no, bad. instant throat punch. Um, but to favorite the original position. question, yeah. Uh, yeah, like favorites, what feels best, go to first time. So favorite and what feels best. There is a position I don't know the name, but on my stomach with like one leg like um, bent up. And one like straight. Oh, oh, I know what Not you're saying. Not up like off the bed, but just like kind of like. Like you're on your your stomach. Yeah, you're On flat. your stomach and everything's flat, but one leg is bent and the other one's straight. Is, is, does the bent leg do something extra? It feels like he, he can get deeper. Oh, and it doesn't hurt? No. It's phenomenal. Interesting. Great. I highly recommend. How do you feel about doggy? I don't like doggy because it hurts my IUD. Like how my uterus is tilted. I can feel my IUD every time I'm doing doggy. Yeah, usually it hurts my cervix. Yeah, that shit hurts. You have to be pretty small for me to enjoy it Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. But uh, I always love doggy. The view is nice, Uh but I can't do it. I feel like the one that I was just describing, it's really good to get yourself off when you're, because it's like your, it's a good position to like, get some clit action in you know the, do a little reach around mm-hmm. and for him too he can if he wants to so it's yeah. just all around great position i am also a fan of missionary missionary 
I saw a tweet where someone was like, it's not exciting, but it hits. Yeah. (laughs) And it's true. I really like when I'm having sex with somebody that I really like Mm -hmm. and we're in missionary because I'm a big eye contact person. That's, I think that's what I like about it too, is Mm -hmm. like you can see them. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite is, and it's hard when they're tall. My favorite is when like I'm laying down, but like they're standing up and like, The, my bottom half is, I don't know, probably new. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, because you can get some, like, vibrator action. You can see. Like, legs on the shoulders? Mm-hmm. See, that hurts my cervix. Guys love that because they or, can get really or, deep. Like, or if they, like, are holding your legs, like, yeah. if you were in a little mom's class together or something. <laughs> like, if your le- knees, are, knees are bent and they're holding your ankles. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, nice. I think I like that because I can see. Uh huh. Um, I'm comfortable. They have good leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And then I can access, uh, yeah, quick yeah. action with a vibrator. Uh huh. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. The opportunities are endless. They really are. So That's I a think good, that like, is a good I think position. I like that one. Um, I like the one. I like being on my stomach. Yeah. Too. Yes. Or if I am doing doggy, the only way. I can do it and it doesn't hurt is if you're all the way down. Yeah. Yes. All the way down. But then, uh, like then you get a little queefy. God, the queefing is the worst in that position. (laughs) Guys really love face down ass up. And I, Uh that hurts. That hurts so fucking bad with my, my cervix and my IUD. It's like, Oh my God. It's like unbearable. But luckily a lot of the guys that I've been sleeping with consistently have, been very like in tune with what I'm not enjoying myself because I I will speak up when I'm like oh nope don't like that but they like always catch it before I have to say it which is great Mm -hmm. but it sucks because like I want to do whatever makes them feel good yeah you know but I also don't want to be in pain how do you feel about uh being on top I love being on top me too it's a fun place to start I feel like it's fun to start on top yeah yeah I also really like asking guys like can I ride you and they, like, they're like, yes, <laughs> like instant. Because I don't think a lot of women like being on top. At least a lot of I, women that I've talked to don't like being on top. I like it, but it's tiring. It is. It's so much harder to be on top than it is for guys to be on it, top. It ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. My knees are really like, because guys like when you're on top and your feet are flat. Yeah, like That's you're doing like a easy. squat. That shit is it's a fucking so workout. hard. Oh my God. You, like, if you are a man who likes that, Try it yourself. That shit fucking blows. I'm like I having can, like flashbacks. I can like, last you know, in that position maybe 30 seconds. Oh my God. You know what Music Man likes? That's like the exact same kind of pain is. We're talking about the same position, right? Yeah. Like, yes. It's like froggy. Yeah. 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 Like why? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's because they can it's go. so demoralizing. Way deep. So, okay. So Music Man likes this when he's sitting like this. I feel like people that are listening can't hear it, but we'll post, oh, we'll put we'll it in post a video. video. Yeah. Froggy like this. And then like me like kind of backward like this while he's That's sitting. straight up. That's an actual that's a literal workout. Yeah. Shit fucking hurts. And then I'm trying to impress the guy because I'm like, well, you just propose already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. And I'm like, no, this is great. Cause he's like very in shape. He like runs every day. I get tired after like 15 seconds of that. So I'm like, I hurt for like a week after doing it. Yeah. That shit's not easy. No. But I do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. 
But yeah, it's like the being on top is a, is it's a lot of work. It's a fun place to start. It's a lot uh, of work. And it, it is a lot of work if you're also like, you know what? I'm going to do this beginning to end. Yeah. I like when I'm on top and then he grabs you. <sighs> And then yes. moves you. I'm like, oh my god, you're so strong, <laughs> big strong man. I know I'm on top, but you're in control. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I have to make a mental note to tell my dad not to listen to this episode. <laughs> this is, I would say, this is the most sexual we've gotten in a while. Yeah, yeah, because no, I don't know. We've been talking about smart girl stuff or something yeah like the talking about other stuff yeah therapy and mental health this is this is misogynistic and it just leads back to the patriarchy <laughs> now like run that dick yeah i really like this question another part of her question that she asked was um first time like what position when you're having mm-hmm. sex for the first time it really switches up for me it depends on if i'm drunk what my mood is my relationship with the guy because sometimes it's like if it's like a one and done like I'm not going to be here again kind of situation I'll just like really go like no foreplay go right into like freaky sex if it's somebody that I like it every single time starts out missionary yeah I feel like I always start missionary Mm -hmm. but also I think part of that is I typically go so long yeah between having sex with people that like I'm like all right, I know this is going to be a little sore because mm-hmm. I haven't done this in a while. So Yeah, that's a good point. Let's start a little slow. Yeah, missionary is the easiest entry point for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have the issue of when you change position? This happened a lot with my ex, and actually it hasn't happened in a long time, so now I'm thinking I just like wasn't turned on enough. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like changing positions and not being able to get back in. Yes, because you dried up a little yeah. bit. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah, and we weren't using condoms because we were together for so long. We weren't using condoms for a lot of the time, so we didn't have any of the lube from the condoms. Uh-huh. But we would be doing one position, and I would be like, I thought I would be very turned on by the, like what was going on, but then there was no, he couldn't get back in. I, I would say some that has happened to me where I've been like into it, so... I think it's just it's like friction. if you're yeah if you're using condoms like and there's no more lube or you said you weren't using condoms so there was no lube to begin I th- with yeah I think that's normal I think it is too I, I'm a big fan of lube it helps Huge you out a lot I just am always so aware like I don't want anybody that I'm having sex with to think that I'm not into it mm-hmm. and guys don't people people that don't have vaginas or have never had a vagina don't understand the mechanics of it it's not yeah. like when they go soft you know it's like like you just kind of the friction kind of rubs it all off. <laughs> also what's going on in there is different yeah e- each week yeah even even each day depends on the cycle yeah depends on where I, like if i am about to start my period or have just gotten off of it i feel like i'm not it's like harder for me to like become moist yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I know really a lot of people hate them. the word moist, and that's why I said it. Moist. Yeah. I just feel like I don't get as wet yeah. if, if it's, like, around those times. It makes sense. It's nothing personal, man. No. And also, sometimes it can be more painful. I recently was like, I wonder if I have endometriosis. That might be worth looking into. Yeah. I bleed a lot. And your cramps are pretty bad, yeah? Uh, yes. You should get that checked out. Yeah. You've had an IUD before. Uh-huh. You should get checked Wouldn't out. Wouldn't they know? No, I don't think so. I think if they're not looking for it, they don't know. Ah. I, but I don't know for sure. 
Just goes to show you can be 30 and not know anything about your own vagina. So. Well, you know, we don't really get taught anything about it. No. <laughs> Makes me mad every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we have this podcast. Welcome yeah. to the Holy Hour. <laughs> Talk about vaginas all day. <laughs> um, okay, let's move to another one of your topics. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion on how long you think a casual hookup situation can stay casual? Um, so speaking from personal experience, I have never been able to do that. Interesting. <laughs> I'm not able to casually hook up with anyone. Like, and even when I was like, when I finally was in a headspace where I was like, yeah, I could do that. I ended up just falling in love with them and dating them and I'm still dating them. <laughs> yeah and that's fair but I just I've never really been able to do that and um like I I don't um sorry I'm trying to think of how to work like I I think I like admire people who can do that yeah but everyone's different so mm-hmm. like that's just my experiences I haven't been able to like just be friends with someone that I'm hooking up with that's fair it really is. It depends on you yourself, and then it also depends on the person that you're hooking up with. Yeah. Because... I've been friends with people after I've hooked up with them where we're like, hmm, that wasn't... Let's never do that again. And then yeah. I forget I ever hooked up with them. Yeah. <laughs> I am in this space in my life where I just want to have casual hookups, but then like I keep getting emotionally invested in these people like after I've been hooking up with them for a while. And it just feels like I'm trying to figure out like what the signs are that it's getting a little bit more serious in my head before it's too late because I never really realized things until it's too late. I never realized that I'm on the verge of a breakdown until I'm breaking down. I never realized I'm like, I don't know, like getting frustrated with something until I'm all the way frustrated. And I'm having this experience with these hookups now where I'm like, I don't know how to know when it's time for me to start like easing up on the gas because I get so invested. And the, when I first wrote this question it was like weeks ago, but um, when all this stuff started with music, man, I should give some context about that. Actually, that actually might be helpful to talk about. So if you've been listening for a sec, you've been hearing me talk about music, man, who has been just the best sex I've ever had. And he is just a phenomenal human being, huge fan And him and I have been in this kind of relationship where it's been agreed between the both of us that it's just going to stay casual and we haven't talked about anything other than that. And I've gotten feelings for him. I I did basically immediately, and I and I always knew that I did. And as a, so, Amelia has feelings for him and has not told him. I haven't said anything. It's been a year since we've been hooking up. I've not told, and it's because whenever I mention to him that I'm like a fan of his, or I like allude to and, anything, and trust me, guys, I've told her. She's I've told she's, her to tell to tell him, and she's been right. And you know, you can ju- you can lean a horse to water. You can't force it to drink. <laughs> Every time I drive over to his place, I'm like, I'm going to tell him today. I'm going to tell him today. And then I get in front of him and he's such a force and he's so like, like confident in how he moves. And like, he's so intense with his eye contact when you're talking to him that it's just like, I just go like brain blank, nothing in head. And I just don't want to say anything anymore. It's scary. Ugh. 
It's, and I also just like I don't it's overwhelming. Like, I don't want to lose him because he's just so great. It is worse for you to continue doing this mm-hmm. than Agreed. to not tell him. I agree. Stay in it. But it's gone to the point where that's actually 100% the case because he said something to me last time I saw him. So he's like been the whole time I've known him, he's been very anti relationship with anybody. And last time I saw him, he made some comment about like he could see him like if he meets someone that he wants to be in a relationship with, he won't rule it out. And I fully spiraled when I heard this. I was like, oh my God, he's going to get a girlfriend and I'm not going to tell him how I feel about him. And I haven't seen him for a month and a half since he told me this like little tidbit of info. So I've been By the time this episode comes out, you will have seen him. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I'm trying to figure out what this what the moment is that I realize that I'm getting too into these guys. Music Man is a different story because the first time I hung out with him was the first time ever that I felt like a guy is too good for me that I'm going out with, ever. I was like, I don't ever think like this. I usually feel like I'm on the same playing field as I want to bop you up in the face I for know. saying that. I know. But the second, literally, Liz, the there second he no walked up. There is no man who could ever be too good for you. And that's... That you, does not... Exist. Thank you. I I typically agree, and I still I still do. But it's like the only way he would be too good for you if he was literally Jesus, <laughs> if he was Jesus Christ, and he abstained from sex. <laughs> it's so funny. My dad, I feel like your dad. Like yeah, like this he guy said, better be walking on that's water. Exactly what, yeah, he said my dad was like, oh, me and, when we meet me, this guy. me and Pete were like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. I just like there's something it's about me, him. It's me, your dad. <laughs> Call me daddy. <laughs> Literally, the second that he walked up to me, like his energy when he walked up, I was like, oh no, too good for me. I was like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna hang out with me again. <laughs> and I'm very confident. I think I'm, I think I'm great. But I, I don't know. So I, he's a different instance because I've kind of always been obsessed with him. But like. I'm trying to recognize I also him myself. Feel like you've made him, you put him on a pedestal in your head. And I'm I'm sure he's great. I'm he sure is. he's as great as you're saying he is, but I don't think he's as special as you're making him. I, I agree. I think that I've been talking him up in my head because it's been safe to, because he hasn't wanted a relationship. And I've been okay. pulling that apart in therapy too. I'm like, why? Ooh, what's your therapist say? She's basically like, I think that it's good that you're questioning things like you are. Um she she it's hard because I've talked to her. I've said shit about him in the same breath that I've been like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be monogamous ever again. So she's like, it's very clear that you're working through something. <laughs> so she helps me work through it, but she hasn't really said anything in particular about it. Um, what I have noticed is like when you are talking to someone, you are always in control mm-hmm. of the circumstance. Yes. And this is the only instance where you're not. I'm completely out of control. So I also think maybe part of it is like being enamored and like excited by like not having control over this. That's a really good point. Um, but it like triggers that like anxious mm-hmm. feeling that is kind of addictive. Yes. It feels good and awful. I feel chaotic 100% of the time. I texted Liz last week and I was like, I, I have the sneaking suspicion. I don't that miss that at all. It's the worst goddamn feeling. And I hate feeling that way. And I like, actively leave situations that make me feel like that. I feel like when I would feel like that, I feel like my like pupils would get giant. Yeah. There's like something like pulsating in you and you're like, 
I'm excited and I also feel like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You're like, let's fucking go. I will fight anyone. It, it really brings out your fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten really good now after going through that with my ex for way too fucking long that I can recognize now. My therapist, I've talked about this on the podcast. My therapist has talked about halt with me. If you feel anxious, think about if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If you're any of those things, you're probably not actually genuinely feeling the emotion as deeply as you think yeah. you are. It's been a minute since we've talked about that. But that is amazing advice. I forgot about that. I love halt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time you told me about it, I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. I should address those things. <laughs> I always run through it in my head. Whenever I'm feeling extra anxious, I'm like, okay, what's going on? And if, if I'm not any of those four things, I'm like, okay, this is something I need to pay attention to. If I'm any yeah. of those four things, I'm like, this is why I'm feeling that way. <laughs> With I like that man, your therapist does that for you. And my therapist is like, ooh, attachment. <laughs> yes, like totally no, different approaches. No. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. <laughs> okay sorry oh my god that's so funny and it's really funny hearing you debrief what your therapist talks to you about is like we have two totally different experiences Uh in therapy therapists Mm -hmm. are so different from one another Mm -hmm. and i hate thinking how they're just they're also just people sometimes i'm like no she knows everything you're a god you're lying to me (laughs) i take her word as gospel i have no god She really is great. It really, I feel like we both have therapists that we need to have. Yeah, I agree. If she, if she got too chummy with me, it would be problematic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. My therapist is so careful about being like friends with me, which is totally different from our psychiatrist. (laughs) Our, our bestie who texts us. I fucking love her. I saw this picture and it reminded me of you. Yes. God, she's just the best. She's so amazing. She's truly the best. She talks about the podcast. I'm pretty sure she listens. She knows that we're in love with her. Good. (laughs) We're going to change this podcast to be only about our psychiatrist. It's a psychiatrist fan pod now. Yeah. Okay, wait. Continue with the music man. Yeah, I mean, I could rant about this for literally five episodes, so I'm going to cut myself off there. But the reason that I brought it up was because I think that it's important for people to recognize in themselves when a situation is no longer serving them in the way that you're hoping that it does. Yeah. And being able to pick up on, like, your, like body reacting to things because our brains and our bodies are so intertwined. If you start feeling, Mm -hmm. like, ill and, like, tired by a situation, like... There's a difference between like being like butterflies and like in love and feeling kind of nauseous sometimes and feeling like run down and like gross and like always worrying about it. Like that's not something Mm -hmm. that's serving you in a positive way anymore. And I think it's too late a lot of the time by the time people realize. Yeah. No, I think that it's it's important for people to be able to like pick up on these things for themselves yeah and it's a case by case basis too. It's so hard when people are like who are you supposed to know? Maybe like a good indicator is like if it is like 11 11 and you're gonna make a wish and you're like i wish that this guy would like me or something leave that is such a good fucking ain't the one if you like your entire heart is like i wish that he would text me back Mm -hmm. or like i wish he liked me and told me like no Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i also think that like even though i'm 29 like it's insane that, like, you can get to a point where something is triggered in you that you still kind of, like, feel, like, hopeless and stupid like that, like you did when you were, like, 14 and had yes. a crush on someone. 
My God. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> and it's fun until it isn't. I remember feeling that way as a teenager and I liked it and it was thrilling. Mm-hmm. And then when I felt it again for like the very first time at age 28, I was like, I hate this. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is anxiety. Wow. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it shifts. It goes from being exhilarating <laughs> this to like, is, shit. This is worse than my normal anxiety level. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's so true. I, whenever I start to feel, that actually happened today with sunset. Like, I was starting to feel negative. Mm-hmm. I was starting to feel stressed out about something that I shouldn't have felt stressed out about and going through it so much with my ex has made me so adverse to just like sitting with the feeling. The second I start feeling shitty, I just want to squash it. Yeah. Cause well, what's the fucking point of feeling shitty? I don't, that fucks with my skin. Recently you and I had had a conversation where we talked about how like falling in love is kind of sad and no Mm -hmm. one really talks about that. Mm -hmm. Like there is part of it that is sad and you don't know why. Yeah. You're like, I should be happy because I love this person so much. And I'm so happy I have them in my life. But it's because, like, I think the older you get, like, the more you depend on yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you fall in love with someone, you have to trust them. And it's really hard to sacrifice, like your independence to trust someone with your feelings and they're like the most delicate feelings that you can have for another person yes yeah so so, and you like lose this level of independence in that like you're just inviting another person to handle your most sensitive feelings it's very vulnerable yeah it's a very vulnerable place and when you're not used to being vulnerable (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard. I want to understand the brain mechanisms of that because I know, like, I can explain. You can partially. <laughs> okay. Well, I was gonna say because, like, I know grief and your libido are very connected. Interesting. When you're grieving I didn't know that. something, there was a, a moment with my ex where somebody close to him died, and he was crying, and it was it was awful. It was really sad. But then he we had the craziest sex like right away, <laughs> and I was like. So I Googled it now and, and there's something your brain, like the, the grief part of your brain and your libido part of your brain are like very connected. Interesting. So I'm wondering if there's like a, and you say that you, but there's maybe something related to that, something about sadness and, and falling in love. What, what were you going to say? Uh, so I see a lot of avoidant attachment slander where they're like, these people are toxic, blah, blah, blah. But as someone who is avoidant attached, it is because I, in so many of my relationships, including my relationships with my parents, I have been taught that my emotions are inconvenient for other people. Mm. So my safe space is to experience them alone. I feel the safest when I'm alone. Wow. I can let my feelings out when I'm alone and I know I'm not going to be punished for having them. So that's profound. And it, it sucks. And like, I hate when I see people who are like, avoidant attached people are like toxic and like they don't actually love you and I was like excuse me (laughs) I love people so much it hurts and then it hurts even more that I'm afraid to tell them Mm um wow so like it's just safer to experience feelings when I'm alone and like it has been like pulling teeth reteaching myself to have like healthy and open communication with my partner Hmm. like 
it, and he's amazing and it always goes well, but it like, it doesn't mean it's not hard. <laughs> it doesn't just go away because it's easy to yeah. talk to one person about it. Exactly. Totally. Wow. That's interesting. So I wonder if that's a universal experience of being sad when you fall in love or if that's, if that's a, a product of your attachment style then. Mm-hmm. I feel like with an anxious attachment, like you're almost waiting for like an argument to pop up because arguments can be a little thrilling. Mm -hmm. Like I hate, I do not want an argument, but for a long time I always was like, the other shoe is going to drop and I don't know when. Yeah. That's our safe spaces to assume that something bad's going to happen. Cause you can protect yourself from any potential fallout. You're like, well, I knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or you look for a way to make it happen because yeah. you're like you're like well, I didn't talk about this thing because I knew this is how you would behave. Yeah, but like you set it up that way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and like as I always say, worrying puts you through it twice. Mm-hmm. Like I've had to get to a point where if I'm assuming that somebody's going to be shit to me, then I have to just talk myself out of it. I'm like, if they're going to be an asshole, they're going to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no point in me like preparing for them to be because then if they don't if they aren't an asshole then I put myself through the stress for nothing and if they are an asshole then I had to live it twice yeah and like those are both scenarios that suck so like and it's so much easier said than done it's this is one of those things that's like it's had to be a muscle for me yeah I just have to keep repeating it to myself (laughs) it sucks when you like yeah you have to practice it Mm -hmm. and then it becomes a habit and even then you have to continue to practice yeah like um my Another cool thing my therapist talked to me about. So my boyfriend hurt my feelings for the first time ever over something stupid. And I knew it was not like he did not hurt my feelings like the circumstance hurt my feelings. And I was like, why am I taking something so like trivial so personally? And then I was able to kind of like dig through it and like realize why it it had hurt my feelings. And like it was not because he hurt my feelings. And, um, I didn't like, I was having a hard time telling him, but I need, I knew I needed to tell him my feelings were hurt cause I was acting weird. And, uh, I ended up explaining it to him and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm over it now. I just needed to like sort through it before I could t- tell you cause I didn't understand. And then, um, I w- struggled to tell him because I didn't want his feelings to be hurt that he hurt mine. You know, I didn't want him to feel bad that I felt bad. Yeah. (laughs) And I was explaining that to my therapist and she's like, I get that. But like, you can't protect that other person from experiencing feelings. Right. You're not responsible for how they feel. Exactly. And she's like, by explaining how you felt, like giving him the opportunity to like meet your needs. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't give him that opportunity, he wouldn't know what they are. And I was like, right. I know you're right. And you always are, but it was hard. It also in a sense devalues the importance of your emotions by worrying about how the other person's going to react. And like when I tell him that, like I told him, I was like, well, I feel bad that you feel bad. And he's like, no. Yeah. (laughs) And I told him what my therapist said. And he's like, that's a really good point. And I was like, he's really so great. He really is. Let me read a, another yeah and then i'll do my sex fact of the week hi i love the podcast so much i'm a new listener so not caught up all the way sorry if this has been talked about before i just saw your story and wanted to ask anonymously your thoughts on my situation um 
It's a tad long. I was in a serious relationship for around five years, and we broke up about two years ago. Then I spent those two years getting my master's and totally focused on myself. I started going on dating apps and stuff, but with the pandemic and school and work, it just wasn't happening. All that to say, I'm ready to start at least casually dating, but I haven't so much as kissed a guy in two years, let alone had sex, and I definitely want to, but like, when in talking to someone, do you bring that up? Do you need to? I feel nervous about intimacy again, but generally, thank you so much for doing this podcast and destigmatizing open conversation about sex. It's so important. Thank you. That's so sweet. That's really nice. And also, sorry, we're getting to your question so late. Oh, did she send it a long time ago? <laughs> yes. I started from the bottom, so oh. they wouldn't disappear. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Sorry. But this is a great question. Yeah. How do you get back into dating and even getting intimate? I think... If you want to disclose how long it's been, that's your prerogative. I don't think it's necessary. I think a lot of people get caught up in the like, how honest do I have to be? It's nobody's business. Your sex life is never anyone's business unless you want it to be, mm-hmm. which is funny coming from us because we're making our sex life everyone's business. <laughs> but we chose that. Like, yeah. I think if you haven't had sex or kissed anyone in two years and it's not something that you feel personally is important, you're concerned about it being important for other people, don't tell them. Yeah. They don't need to know. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Because I was thinking in my experience, um, I probably wouldn't be like, I haven't kissed anyone in two years. But if it came to sex, I would be like, I haven't had sex in a long time. Just because I would want to be like, this will be the most comfortable for me like yeah. in this position. Or um, right. I'm, I'm just nervous mm-hmm. because I haven't had sex in a, a while. Yeah. And that's a personal reason. And I think that's totally valid yeah. to bring it up for that reason. Yeah. Never well, do anything for anyone else. I, I'm a big fan of like being a little vulnerable too because if you're it's so easy like early dating on like when you are first about to like hook up with someone for the first time it's like a little nerve-wracking mm-hmm. um because you don't know anything like you don't know what they're like so that's something like I would share if we were like about to hook up I'd be like so it's been a while since I've had sex I'm a little nervous yeah and then I think just admitting that take some of the nerves away but but like Amelia said if you're not comfortable doing that then don't yeah you don't need to you don't need to impress anyone yeah ever no I realized your safety and comfortability are the most important things when I started dating after my eight-year relationship I was always like (laughs) I I battled with this a lot I'm like do I tell people that I'm freshly out of a relationship and I realized when I didn't, it it allowed it to not have as much power. It's like, they don't know. They don't need to know. There's no reason that knowing would help them in any way. So I'm not going to tell them. And then, like, I would get a few dates in with them, and then it would come up. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh. And when I saw that their reaction was like, I didn't need to know this until now. That That allowed me to feel empowered to just, like, exist as an individual that isn't tied to my past. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't need to be a thing unless you want it to be a thing yeah so like if it's really just like a is it unfair if I don't tell them that I haven't kissed anyone in two years fuck that if anybody gets mad about something like that it's not something you should be dating yeah really really good question I think a lot of people struggle with this I've struggled with it I'm sure you have like it's I think that that's a universal thing if anyone's rude to me about anything that I share that's intimate like that I'm like next cool bye Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you next 
Yeah. Speaking of which, Ariana Grande got married. I saw that. I felt betrayed a little bit. Because you wanted to be taken along for the ride? I just, yeah, I wanted to know. Yeah. How dare she not invite us, first of all? <laughs> yeah. It's Ari. rude. I call you, I, we're on nickname basis. Yeah. Thank you, Next. Got me through my breakup. So much of her music has gotten me through my breakup. Yeah. She's great. Her her Sweetener album came out right when I moved to Seattle, so I have a special attachment to it. Oh, that's really when cute. life gives you... I don't know what she says, but I know she sings it well. That whole album was phenomenal. Oh, God, I love her. Have you listened to the Positions album? Mm-hmm. <gasps> She's it's great. It's always bangers. Okay. All right, sex fact of the week. Sex fact of the week. It's that different every every single week. It's different. Um, I want to sing it like that Ariana Grande song. Do it. When sex fact of the week. <laughs> get it, get it, get it, get it. Wait, yeah. What are the, what does she say? Sex fact. Sex fact. Sex fact. <laughs> Anyways, week week. Okay. All right. Somebody actually sent this to us. Liz, did, I, I had no idea. I found this. Yeah, and then I Liz was like, somebody it. sent this to us. And so this is kind of like a, a sex fact and a listener message. Erica Lust is hoping to normalize masturbation by allowing her 36 members of staff a half hour masturbation break every day and has even set up a private masturbation station in the office. I love masturbation station. <laughs> Lust decided to offer the break after noticing her staff were agitated and performing with less energy. Those two things were in quotes during the pandemic. So she launched the initiative to coincide with masturbation month, which is May fun fact, ding, 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 but plans to allow staff to make the most of the extra 30 minute break for the rest of the year. I feel strangely about this. I don't like it. If my boss, I don't want to think about it. Like if my boss had any, I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> and I'm very masturbation positive. But if my boss was like, hey, take 30 minutes to rub one out, I'd be like, please don't. I feel like there's something like inherently sexist about that. Ooh. Of being like, oh, you're being rude. Like, go get a vibrator. Like, get a dildo. Go wow. get, yeah. You haven't had sex. Like, um, so yeah, I think we're agitated because we're in the middle of a pandemic, Erica Lust. Yeah. I, uh, it seems home. unsanitary. It's just weird. Also, like, do you want to masturbate where you know your coworkers are masturbating? Like, I don't want to think about anyone I'm working with, like, masturbating at work. I feel like it's just, like... And also in the middle, like, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, hmm. I've never really, like, when we were in the office, I was like, I can't think of a single time where I'm like, damn, I wish I could, like... (laughs) Go, rub one out right yeah, now. go rub one out in the bathroom. I don't. I it's when just, I'm at work, I'm like, oh god, I just want this day to be over. Or yeah, I'm focused on work. I'm not. If your staff's agitated, it's not because they need to masturbate. <laughs> it just feels like because like we're obviously very sex positive. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it in, in the terms of like, what if there was like a break to like fuck a coworker for thirty minutes. <laughs> It's inappropriate to have any yeah. any sort of hand in what your what your employees are doing in a sexual sense. Yeah. It feels very out of pocket. There's something violating about it. Yeah. And then and like why would that be the thing that you are gravitating towards? Like, sure, we're all probably jerking off at lunch for fun. I've done it a few times. Me too. Who okay. hasn't? 
We're working from home. Why not? <laughs> you can. Got a slow day. It's called, uh, what, procrastination. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> procrasturbation. Yeah. Um, <gasps> Ooh. But... Like in the act, like in an actual work setting, I wouldn't be like, "Wow, I'm really horny right now." But also, like, why would that be the thing that you think about first? Like, morale's low. What do my employees need? More money? Nope. Masturbation station. I want to know what exists at the masturbation station. I'd assume tissues. Do you bring your own vibrator? BYOV. Oh my god! What if they have? What if they have like vibrators with like little like sanitary socks on them? That's not. Like what little, is like, what is her company? Does it it's say? called it's Eric it has her name in it. It's like a consultation firm, I think. Hold on, let me pull it back up. I have it. The company is called Erica Lust Films. It's a film company. That tracks. Film people are weird. It's coming from a film person. <laughs> um who is oh. Oh, the head of communications and content said. A masturbation break at work can result in more focus from your employees, less aggression, more productivity, and better teamwork. I don't think that that's true. Like, I mean, there might be science behind it, but, like, after I masturbate... Oh, she's an erotic film director. That makes a lot of sense, because the people that work... very different. That that changes everything that we've said. Yeah. But but in, in the sense of her trying to normalize masturbating at work, like as kind of a blanket thing of like you should consider this for your employees as well because it's working for mine it doesn't translate past like adult films yeah but her being an adult film director well they were probably all masturbating at work anyway would would jerking (laughs) off like i have a lot of questions is this in the office is this on set because i would think that if you're jerking off on set and it's not part of the film wouldn't it be hard to like film those scenes i don't know i don't know a lot about filming porn and the (sighs) and things like staying hard and lube and i don't i just don't experience sexual frustration like i don't feel pent up i think i probably masturbate enough that i don't ever need to feel sexual frustration but like be having it I can't imagine having that interfere with my job to the point of where I need my boss to like establish time in the day for me to do that yeah and even if I was a an adult filmmaker I would feel weird about my boss being like go it's your masturbation break I'd be like what? I don't want them to know that I'm stepping off to masturbate yeah still even to this day I don't tell anybody when I'm masturbating no that's a that's wait it's, what it's a solo project when would you tell someone that no sometimes guys that i'm talking to like one oh. and i feel uncomfy like, about no even this saying isn't that. my thing yeah like this is just for me <laughs> thank you but i mean so i said the recording the sunset so that was a different scenario but like normally i'm like i just don't i don't know there's something very weird about opening up about masturbation and i think because it's always been such a personal thing this is always it's what it is yeah like it's private I don't masturbate so guys can sexualize me masturbating. No, it's a me thing. Yeah. It's special Liz time. Yeah. Yeah. No one else needs to be a part of my masturbation. No, you don't need that info. Except my imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe porn. If I can't think of something interesting enough. Or remember a porn I've seen that I liked. That's real. Yeah, where you just replay it in your head a little bit. That's so true. You're like, hmm, 
Remember that? Just happened to that memory <laughs> wrong time. You know what I've thought? Th- okay, we're, I feel like we could talk about this for forever, but I've noticed about porn, like, something that is very hot to me one day that, like, can get me off. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting the next day. Like, why did I like that? Yeah. I was gonna, I was just about to ask you, have you ever masturbated to a memory? Yes. That's I the feel best like that's kind of orgasm. Most of, most of mine is. I, it is a different orgasm masturbating to porn than masturbating to a memory. Like, yeah. there's something so different. It hits different to like yeah. be like, I don't know, put yourself back in a scenario. The mm-hmm. best. Would that be weird? Would that, like, if you were dating someone and they were masturbating to a memory of fucking someone else? I feel like that's normal. Like, it's natural if you're just, like, horny and masturbating. But it would still hurt my feelings, and I wouldn't want to hear about it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to hear about it, for sure. I think it, it would be normal. What would hurt my feelings, and I know that this is kind of ign- kind of ignorant to think that it's not a thing, is thinking about someone else during sex. Because somebody yeah. told me that when you're doing doggy ev- without fail every time the guy is thinking about somebody else. That's and fucked up. I, and also not It's a true. lie. But since I heard it, I'm like... There's something in you that... Hyper aware of it. Yeah. Interesting. And I and it, I, it's... I'm sure it's the case for some people, but like not everybody. It's, it's, with everything, it's never the case for everybody. But I'm always like... When I think about masturbating, it's like whatever you need to do to like get you there. I don't fucking care. Think about like anybody. Unless it's somebody that I'm like... Unless Unless you're cheating, bitch, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Think about anybody but her. I mean, if if there are obviously exceptions to that, but like during sex, I just it's like no, no. Am I not doing it enough for you that you can't like be in the moment? Yeah, that's when I would have an issue. I will say when I was having sex with Schumann out of obligation, I was never thinking about him. And that is a... I was se- never in the moment. If you need to be thinking about somebody else, you shouldn't yeah. be having sex with that person. You should not be in a relationship with them at all. Point blank period. Yeah. That is that is a good indicator. It is. I also think this is a good place to end. I feel like this is a topic that I could really yeah. dive into for forever. We should end here. I, I hope that this uh, us discussing these conversations makes you get into a fight with your partner. Yeah. You're welcome. Hey. <laughs> hey. What do you think about when you master? Yeah. Are you thinking about someone else when you do doggy? <laughs> what the fuck? Where is this coming from? Are, are you pretending I'm Olivia Munn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love a full circle. Okay. Thank you for listening. Um, email us on holyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Now we have proof that we are reading it. Uh-huh. Look at us go. Um, those were from Instagram DMs. Which, thank you for that segue, Liz. Yep. At the Holy Hour on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Anyway. Love you. Bye. <laughs> we're like really scooting out. Bye. We love, love you. Love you, children. <laughs>